Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Plus minus. Curry, way down to Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Oh, you're kidding me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to a new episode of Warriors Plus Minus. This thing is ramping up like crazy. The Warriors uh, refuse to lose. This run they're on is ridiculous. But we've got a bonus for you. All of this incredible coverage we have of this incredible team, this surprisingly good team, is going to be super cheap for you right now. In honor of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can get all of the Athletics great writing and podcasts for just a dollar. $1 a month for 12 months. That's it. You can go to athletic.com slash words plus minus to lock in our very best price of the year. The offer ends at midnight on November 29th. Just $1 a month for Tim Kawakami. $1 a month for Anthony Slater. $1 a month for words plus minus. I don't know how they're going to pay us, fellas, for this show. Do they pay us for this show? I'm not clear on that. <laughs> I mean, technically they don't, but. <laughs> By the way, that's $1 a month for all of us. It's just one and you get all three. Marcus might be on some premium level, though. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, secret little level there. You can't, It's like cordoned off. You can't quite get to Marcus. You can see Marcus. You can kind of wave to Marcus, but you might not be able to get through. You know, l- last night I didn't plan on writing, and then Draymond like, goes off in the post game, which is like, you know, all the your couch. Question, by the way? I was the second one. The first one was, I think, uh, Evan kind of got him rolling when he brought up what Steve Kerr had said. And I think he liked hearing Steve Kerr say he's the greatest defender in the world, and he started rolling. But, I mean, the Warriors just keep giving. They keep giving fodder, right? It's it's unbelievable. This team is wild. And I'm still not fully there yet. I'm not fully there. I'm not ready to say this is the the best team in the league. I'm not ready to say they're going to win a championship. They're making it quite hard. Steph scores 12 points and they win by 15. It's not even close. <laughs> well, the symbolism of who that came against too, right? Nick Nurse is the most audacious Steph Curry, you know, swarmer. Beat us somebody else. And in the finals, especially when Clay went out, it, that was impossible. And that's kind of been then from the finals moment, which by the way is when Clay gets hurt through the last couple of years has been the issue. Like he swarms Steph you'll eventually get to the Warriors' weaknesses. And last night, I believe it was 65 points on 33 shots for Wiggins and Poole combined. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, they're not going to I think they went combined like 14 of 19 from three. It's That's the, the hottest of the nights that they'll ever have. But it was just an example. The last two games have been, because Steph sat in Detroit and they won, they have extra punch, scoring punch, that 
hasn't necessarily, even though Wiggins was there last year and Poole was there last year, Wiggins is as aggressive as we've ever seen him over the last stretch of games. And Poole, you know, it's it's on again, off again, but I think you can just see, like, Poole is, he's blossoming. He's somebody they can expect to make three to four to eight three-pointers when the defense like that. I kept waiting for a nurse at some point. Are you going to stop doing this? Because you're down by 20 right now. Like, are you? Yeah. And you know the crazy part, TK, is like, Steph wasn't, he yep, was like, yep. all right. Remember, remember, he dropped yes, forty nine yes, against his boxing yes, one, going yes. all out. Like, so he's just like, all right, I'm just gonna give it up. Did you see Nurse post game? He's like, I thought we did a great <laughs> yeah, job. He did, he did. And like, dude, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, obsessed with this. You gotta man. say, you know what? Let's stop face guarding him. Everyone else is getting open shots. We tried it. It's okay. It's it's. I understand. Let's try to do something. No, nope, there's Red Flag Beach. Just stay with Steph 25 feet away from the yeah, back. Exactly. Back to everything that's like, happening. He don't know what's going like, on. He's got good defenders. <laughs> like, you could try to do this without that. I mean, I, again, I'm not ripping him. It worked in the finals. This guy's a really good coach. But he's thought at some point, when you see Kavon Looney getting, you know, getting and making layups, when you see, you know, Wiggins getting that wide open three, Porter getting a wide open corner three, like maybe like change it up a little bit, but nope, that was, that was the whole freaking game. And the Warriors went right through it. I don't think the Warriors even played that. I mean, I think they played good defensively. They've been playing good defensively like every game, but just the just the ability to hit a few open shots and pull and Wiggins were great. I, those two were special, but not everyone else was. And Damian Lee didn't hit anything. And some other guys, Chioza, like the, some of the random guys that we've seen hitting weren't hitting, Bielitsa. But, man, at some point, Nick Nurse is like, okay, let's try something else. Let's try something else. But that was the problem with the scheme, right? Like, even when they made a push and it got to that little danger territory, the Warriors hit a wide open shot. It wasn't like they were getting, okay, now you got to make a tough shot. It's like Jordan Poole, Otto Porter are getting wide open shots to end the run. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Otto Porter, those three combined to hit 19 threes in a game. That's so many. And how many of them are just like no no defenders? Definitely the Porter. Definitely the Porter shots. He was just standing there waiting in the corner. Give me the ball, and I will make this shot. Like yeah, can you imagine Otto Porter in you know in Game Five of the NBA Finals or Game Four, whatever the hell? You know, one of those big like like that would have been a huge difference. <laughs> it would have been a huge difference. Uh, and again, this is not a great player. This is not like this is just a player who fits who fits the piece. And if you guard him straight up, probably doesn't score that much. But in this situation with Steph, unless you're James Harden, right, Marcus? Unless, unless you're James, James Harden. What do you mean? Fool. The Brooklyn game started, and Otto Porter's like first play, he like looked kind of stiff. I think he got beat on defense or something like that. And uh, me and Marcus were talking like he hasn't looked like, that good. Yo, like, he's he's kind of looking rough. Little. It's rough. And then over the next five minutes, he like <laughs> scored like four times on James Harden. He was like, and Marcus was sitting there like yeah, something about yeah. James yeah, Harden. He was just going yeah. after Harden. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, he was going to the basket. Yeah, that's maybe Otto Porter's like only to the basket buckets of the season so far. But hey, like he's not a he. Yeah, yeah. Flex it. He looked at the bench and like he can't guard me. <laughs> I'm a, like yo, he was doing the Draymond finish flex. over these guys. It just speaks to the way this team fits together. And you're right, Marcus. Like, we can't – we're not going to crown him. We're not going to crown him right now. But let's see him. What they, they've got the home and home in Phoenix. I think everybody's looking at that. They've got some tougher games coming up. But 
Clippers, Clippers tough, tough game. game. Like, there are games there. But you know what? Toronto could have been a tough game after the four-game Eastern road trip. You come back, you get a day off, and then all of a sudden, there you go. On a Sunday, you got Toronto, and they were just better than Toronto. I mean, this just wasn't even, like, they really, they never lost control of that game. Well, they went up 27-9, led by as many as 21, and never trailed. Like, I don't even think it got to single digits at any point. Yeah, they're just dominant. There's eight straight double-digit wins at home. And a 3-1 and one road trip that included... Obviously, the win in Brooklyn, the sparkling win, but then are like, ah, we don't really care against Cleveland type of game. Like, oh, this is a loss. Boom. Steph Curry goes for 20, a 36 to 8 fourth quarter. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. And then the Detroit game where you're like, okay, they're banged up. They're punting this one away. Oh, no. Like, Wiggins and Poole. Just, like, I don't know. They just, like, everything's going well for them, including the fact that they're going to get Clay Thompson back pretty soon. <laughs> this was the bet. Like, they're going to get this fast start. And then they can slow play Clay back. They can, you know, get him in on whatever. Like, there's no imperative on him. Even if they lose a couple games, so what? So, like, 16 and 4. I thought fast start was, like, 10 and 6, though. (laughs) No question, right? They are basically in the playoffs. I mean, you don't want to be ridiculous about this, but they're in the playoffs. So, now it's a matter of how they want to go in the playoffs, when they want to get Clay and Wiseman. I always mention him in there. Yeah. They're six games up on the seventh seed already. Like... There's six games up on the seventh seed. This is what you do. This is all those. Only one game up on those scorching Phoenix Suns. The top is going to be very interesting, and who knows if they can hold it down. We'll see in the next few weeks. But this is what you had to do when you're thinking about when Clay's coming back. Whether Again, whether it's right on time, like we think they're looking at right before Christmas, or a little bit delayed, which I would advise because you just want to give yourself that peace of mind that you, you were as cautious as you needed to be. But anywhere in there, late December, mid-December, early January, whatever it is, you can just do it with the full patience of knowing that you've got a really good team without him. And he's only a bonus. And the same thing with Wiseman, although Wiseman seems to be a slow down for sure anyway. But, like, this is exactly what they needed. And then then we see, when, as what do Myers say on draft night? You don't really know until they put Clay back in there. Yeah, are they a championship? Yeah. Are they a championship team? We, you know, we can say that what is currently constituted is a really good team. We won't know if this is a championship level team until Clay Thompson's back on the court and we see how everything adjusts to him and how he adjusts to everything else. To that point, they've done everything they had to to show that this is what a championship team plays like. But we don't know whether they truly are until they play some of these tough teams and then. They get Clay Thompson back in there and see what it looks like then. The reason you can kind of say that they are is they've played a lot of the tough teams. <laughs> they just those teams just aren't that tough anymore, and I think that's part of the problem. Like, who's that? Who's really good? Who's so much better? Phoenix is the one team where it's like, yeah, that team is better. Utah's too. Yeah. Brooklyn fully stocked, but they aren't fully stocked. Yeah, Milwaukee fully stocked is going to be a tough year. Milwaukee will be. I covered a Milwaukee-Phoenix series last year, and it felt like, well, Phoenix just got there because of the injuries. They have a ceiling. Milwaukee, uh, you know, they, they they squeaked by a couple teams. They barely got by Atlanta in the East Finals. So, like, that wasn't considered some, like, Goliath battle. Yet, you come into the season right now, and, you know, if we're taking the Warriors to the side for a second, the two other best teams or or the teams we probably feel most sure about in the league remain Phoenix and Milwaukee. So yeah, the Warriors don't have to be flawless clearly in this league right now because nobody is and they look like the best team in the league. It's we I it's, I, it's I, get crazy. Mark, I don't crazy. want to believe. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in full denial, dude. It's it's wild. The way they're whack it's the way they whack the team. Uh Slater, can you talk a bit about the Clay update that you know you broke the story on Clay update and uh 
the curious part is, uh, would you go break the story on the Wiseman update? <laughs> that might be the that might be the story that there is no update on the Wiseman update. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like it's that's actually a serious thing we should get into. Well, starting with Clay, obviously we know they they went out on the road and they left him purposely back in the Bay Area to do fives. I think they were going like once every other day, including I know they had a five on five scrimmage Saturday. I believe they're having one today, which is Monday, maybe Monday and Tuesday. But it included, you know, we're talking like Jabari Bird and like fringe G League players and free agents and Dante Exum was there and it went well, you know, from, uh, you know, Marcus, I don't know, Tim, I don't know if you guys have talked to people who are there, but like when he's playing, he kind of looks like Clay Thompson. Now, you know, tires pretty easily, but he came through it well, which is what mattered. Like he needed to come through that week while the Warriors were away well to kind of advance to the point that how NBA practices work where the toughest thing the Warriors do on off days, the most strenuous thing is they have these like scrimmages, you know, like let's say Moses Moody, Juan Toscano Anderson, and you know, a couple others need work. Well, they're not going to get work in a normal NBA practice setting because it's, it's, you know, walkthrough type stuff and film and individual work. So they, you know, we'll have a scrimmage off to the side. Clay Thompson is now clear to do those type of scrimmages. Not only that, I mean, like they're building scrimmage plans around him. He has plans this week, and like that is just going to continue to ramp up. Like we know it's going to be a home game, and if you look in December, they have a five game East trip in mid December. They get back December twentieth. They play December twentieth, twenty third. That is the front end possibility that it's trending towards. It won't be a debut on Christmas Day, December 25th. So if he hasn't debuted by the 23rd, it won't be the 25th. Then there's the 28th after two offices. It won't be on the road. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Christmas. Yeah. No, it, yeah. they've literally already said. The Christmas is on the road anyway. Be, so. They want to debut him at home. Not only, you know, does that give him a week, how it's been described to me, basically, like his training camp, essentially. But, like, that's a really cushy part of the schedule from an off day standpoint. You know, it's December 20th, off day, off day, December 23rd off day December 25th, off day, off day December 28th. I would expect them 18 minutes his first game, no back-to-backs, that type of thing. So that's just kind of where it's angling towards. So much of it will matter how his body responds over the next few weeks as it you know ramps up. We know like you know after two really hard scrimmages, he might be like, man, I'm feeling really sore. Can we just throttle it back a couple of days? There are those type of possibilities, but Everything on the clay front is going in a very good direction. The Wiseman situation, which you know you mentioned wanting to get into, there was a thought before they were going on the road trip that it was going to be Clay and Wiseman in these five-on-five scrimmages. That was kind of the uh, messaging we were getting behind the scenes. And then they say, you know, Wiseman hasn't been cleared yet. And you know, I thought it was very interesting. Kerr, unprovoked, said Jaron Jackson and mentioned the Jaron Jackson situation, which last season, Jaron Jackson, who, you know, really a similar body type to James Wiseman, maybe the most similar in the league, had a meniscus tear and Memphis kept kind of pushing back his debut. And I believe he ended up missing eight months total. I need to look at that for sure. But, you know, it, it probably, if you were to talk to people who really followed that situation on a day-to-day basis, it, it probably took a, a month or maybe a little bit more than a month longer than expected for Jaron Jackson to, to return. And as of right now, James Wiseman, I have not heard, has been cleared for 5-on-5. We might get that news you know, hours from now. We might get that news tomorrow. I don't know. But it is notable, again, like I said, he mentions Jaron Jackson, the fact that Clay Thompson is now advancing into his second week of like strenuous five-on-fives, and James Wiseman's not there yet. Wiseman's on pause, 
and Clay, they're pretty comfortable with. It seems very clear, like at least talking about it. And they know once they start talking about it, that it's going to be it's national news, right? I mean, your story with Shams was national news. It still is. I see it, you know, on my freaking browser when it comes up. Once you get that going, it's kind of hard to slow it down. Now they can slow it down a little bit, but like they obviously feel confident enough that he's Clay's coming back within weeks, right? I think we can say within weeks to a month and maybe a little bit more than that, but right in that thing. I'm going September 20th <laughs> against the Kings. Yeah, Book next it. 2022 is what you're saying? But they're comfortable with that. Wiseman, they're not comfortable there yet. And the, the other point was, like, do you really want both coming in at the same time? I mean, I don't think that, I don't think this is why it's happened like this, but there's no reason to push them both in because then you really, you're adjusting double. Are you saying Kerr is holding Wiseman back so he doesn't have the minutes crunch? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's like, he's why like, do you down, why do you need do why do you need guys. to push him to get him in the same window? You don't need to push him to get him in the same window. You can just say, okay, you know what? Let's deal with the clay thing first. James, you take your time. You know, you do the Jaron Jackson plan, whatever, you know, however it is works best for you. If Clay's ready to go, we'll get Clay ready to go, and then we'll deal with Wiseman in a secondary way. I mean, I think there's something to that a little bit, but also like, I mean, like they just haven't physically cleared him for five on five. To me, that has nothing to do with the plan of when to debut. Like he just has not been cleared. Part of it is like he just doesn't feel confident on it, which is fine. He's just okay. Take breath again. The, whether it was they were fifteen or two or not, probably wouldn't matter to some extent. But some of it does. Like okay, we're doing just fine here. Take your time. Whenever you're ready to go, you know. Whenever the doctors say it, whenever you're ready to do five on five, we'll do the five on five. That's okay. And again, that's what 15 and 2 certainly allows you, even more than anything. They're not throwing James Wiseman into the starting lineup game one after no training camp like they did last season. Like, there is no reason to do anything like that. Not with Come the on, way Looney Kevon is taking all is the minutes. Oh, he's scoring. He's scoring. James might be like the number four <laughs> center on this team right now behind Looney, Otto Porter. <laughs> Curry Payton, Payton the second. Yep. Curry Payton. Yep. I hear all that you say, and it's still just a bit odd that he's behind a dude who's been out for two years. Well, I mean, it's different timelines, different injuries. Clay got hurt a year and four days ago, the, the second time. So, like, that's the timeline. That is the timeline for Clay. And the same day that James Wiseman became a warrior, by the way. Uh, pretty pretty yeah, important day. day. Uh, so that's the Clay timeline. It's a year plus four days. As I recall, wasn't he going to be probably going to be ready for the train, for training camp that season? Like they were looking at him, you know, with it from the ACL. So like this is this is a double recovery for Clay, but it's about the right timeline. We'll see. And Wiseman, Wiseman, they're just like they're just like, like this is going to take a little bit longer because when was it? When was his surgery? By the way, it was. Look, it's we're past this. It's you know whatever six months from October fifteenth. I'm trying to remember all that. Ma- I think April fifteenth actually. But they in the off season, and I have no idea if this was to to, to pump up his value or whatever. But I mean, I remember one of Bob Myers' press conferences. There was like, yeah, we hope he'll be ready for training camp. That was even some Wiseman. of the messaging Wiseman. during the summer. Now then yeah. they get to yeah. yes, Wiseman, and then they get to camp, and they're like, oh, it was always going to be six months until we can fully clear him from jumping. And you're like, whoa, that was that's kind of surprising. Okay. And then it was like October fifteenth, he'll be fully cleared for jumping. And then they did that. And then remember they had a they had a release. It was the day before the the Hornets game. I know this because I remember thinking like, oh, it's interesting that they, they pumped out a little bit of positive Wiseman news the day before they played. In the <laughs> well, no, I don't know yeah, if that yeah, was planned yeah. or not. I do not know if that was planned or not. I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying I remember thinking that. So I know it was the day before the Hornets game. They said he'd been cleared for practice. And then 
he comes on the podium to talk and is like, I can't scrimmage yet. And it was like, oh, well, I guess that's not technically fully cleared to practice because like I'm saying with reporting on Clay, like Clay now is clearly can fully practice because he's scrimmaging and that is the hardest thing you would ever do in a practice. Well, James Wiseman still isn't, even though the day before the Charlotte home game, which was at this point now, what, two, three weeks ago, they sent out a release that he was cleared for practice. I, again, all I'm saying is the messaging has been yeah. a muddled, little yeah. bit muddled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No for sure. Maybe he wasn't allowed in practice before, and then when they sent out the release, it was like, all right, you can come to practice. Like Otherwise, he had to be in a different building. <laughs> all I know is then they were talking about the five-on-fives that Clay and Wiseman were going to take part in while they were away, and then only Clay did. So I'm not saying setback, and, and Steve has said on the record that it's it, there's no medical issue with the, with the knee or, 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 or you know, physical setback or or something not healing right it's just that he says this is a really delicate injury with the meniscus and that was the issue with jaron jackson they said last year wasn't you know all these like you know all he hurt his knee while he was trying to come back no it's just you have to apparently be really delicate with it i'm not an expert all i'm saying is the wiseman timeline keeps getting pushed back that's clear that's where they at and clay's yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're set we're past seven months no. after surgery yeah. and clay's probably like again you never know that could be delayed too but clay's likely to come back before wiseman and I, i'm surprised by that that's the way rehabs work sometimes you just get surprised by things i think you know they're they're fully set up to play without wiseman for months at a time i mean they if i'm not saying wiseman could miss the season but if he does is that going to mess up the warriors that much at this moment not really that messes up an absolutely vital yes, developmental for no, window no, for yeah, no a second question. overall no, pick. No question. A second vital developmental window. No question. Yeah. I'm just saying, okay, that's what they got. But the what they have now, the 13 players that they can play, they're, they're okay. They, they would they be better with a good Wiseman? Oh, unquestionably. Do do they need to see him? No, no doubt. But if this gets pushed back and pushed back, and maybe he only gets a cameo appearance this season, say he pops up in March which we're pretty close to by now, by the way, uh, and gets 15 games in and then doesn't play in the playoffs. It's not ideal, but they could live with it. I mean, I think that that's not, that's not out of, you know, and then, you know, you have reason, you know, in your mind, you have a healthy Wiseman for, for next season. I know this is pushing it way down the road. I don't think we're there. We're like, we're talking like February, March. Well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, you I know, mean, it's we there. For all I know, tomorrow they could be like, oh, Wiseman is taking part in the scrimmage today. I don't know. But I think it's two separate things. Look, everything on the non-Wiseman front is going absolutely fantastically. For the 15 and 2 Warriors right now with, you know, developmental wins and free agency veteran f- signing wins and Clay Thompson uh, return wins and, and Draymond Green is in shape. I would love to get into Draymond Green's comments last night. But separate from that, the James Wiseman situation is just very much worth worth monitoring and, and how that's not going. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com Slash courtside to learn more. Do we want to talk Draymond? Well, he's talked about how he wasn't playing great the last few years. Now he didn't say that at the time. Well, maybe a little bit, but Mark, do you, do you think he really, in his mind, knew he was coasting the last few years, and w- was he actually coasting the last few years? I don't know if if, if it was coasting. Uh, 
I don't. Draymond just does isn't a coaster type of player. He but coasted he, more than I've ever no, seen no. any player coast during <laughs> no, the fifteen I, I think, to fifty season. I don't think. I don't think. No, I'm not saying he wasn't bad. I'm saying like the coasting doesn't happen on the court. I don't think he could play like this. It wasn't a matter of I have this ability to play at this level and I'm not. I think he wasn't doing anything to prepare for going all out. He was like, yo, Draymond, when he drove that lane for that layup uh, against what you call it, it wasn't like against Memphis. I'm saying Draymond wasn't in position, didn't come into the season saying, all right, I'm ready to go all out. We know Draymond will get on the, the, the soul cycle and lose 20 pounds in 10 days. That was the max of his ability. He just, he didn't have it. You know, for whatever reason, he didn't have it. I'm saying if you see Draymond playing poorly, it's because he's in poor condition. He's in poor shape. He's in poor – not because he's in great shape and he's chilling. To me, that's, that's a big difference. And all of this is a byproduct of him coming into the season – being ready to do this now whether he can keep it up is a different thing he had the olympics that kept him in shape that kept him you know on focus there really wasn't a big break anywhere before or certainly not before the olympics and not much after do you think that was huge for this mt and do you think that sets up though he might hit a wall at some point because he's been playing basketball pretty much nonstop? i think he might hit a wall but i do think that it was it was indicative of his mindset like the last two years his mindset was was bad like i don't think he was doing any of this stuff he said two interesting things i mean he said like nine interesting things last night but two things i want to get into number one he said i don't really drink that much anymore and you know he's clearly living a lifestyle now that is setting him up better for success when he gets on the court he's healthier he, he had some comment about usually when he's running down the ramp and w- the, what the airplane when he gets about? off the coming plane off, coming, off the airplane, coming down yeah. a private jet yeah he said, usually it's like, you know, we've all, when you go down ramps, you're like, ooh, my knee, you know, like kind of taking light steps. He said, now he can like run down and he's not even feeling it. And like, so he's just talking about, I think he's talking about how much his lifestyle, uh, he even mentioned like, I used that to be a really like, big yo, drinker. I used to get after it. Like, <laughs> that was a rare, honest moment, right? <laughs> it was almost like he knew everyone in the room didn't even really comprehend how much he really got after. He's like, eh, I think you guys don't realize how much I got after it. That was one thing. And then the second thing, I think this is so important. He kind of shouted out the front office ownership for the moves. Slater, you're you're so right. I almost wrote about this, but I was so sleepy. I was like, I'm going to save this for later. That whole control what I can control was about the front office, <laughs> right? I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus on control what I control because what couldn't they control? What was the part that he was? Yeah. The personnel that, move. That's where he was like, look, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got it. <laughs> you, I took Jacob Evans. Okay. I get it. You guys got it. it. <laughs> that's so right, Slater. Remember, he, he came into camp late. You know, that's kind of forgotten. He can't, and it was a personal thing, and everyone around says it was something he was dealing personally. I'm not saying he was like protesting the offseason moves, but he came in in his first media press conference. You were there. Marcus Murray was on like the fifth floor with like the Bay Bridge behind him, and he was like, you know, I've never really seen this win now, develop now type plan move. You know, if you study the NBA, it doesn't really work that way. And like, he, you know, he, he made a comment I remember on sta- in Staples Center very, I think it was maybe during preseason of like, I hope everyone in our you know, wants organization to yeah, wants yeah. to win a title. I hope they're not just comfortable going to the playoffs, basically just making the playoffs again. But he's seen Bielitsa and the way that playmaking has helped. He's seen Porter can really shoot it. He's seen Poole is emerging. And he's Wiggins. seen all these guys like care about defense. 
<laughs> he's seen what the whole fan base is seeing, which is like, whoa, like a lot of these moves actually like really are working. And that has invigorated him. And you mentioned the defense. He's get also he's getting personal shine from all this. They have the number one defensive rating in the league. And he, like a lot of us, were skeptical on if they could even be a top 10 defense coming into the season. And I'm writing about this today, the defense, and, and he'll obviously be wrapped into that, but the way they are prioritizing defense behind the scenes, Mike Brown, who took over the offense the last couple of years, has been given the defense. And I got two funny quotes, one from Steve, one from Draymond, but apparently Draymond's in Tokyo asking, like, you know, we're doing all these coaching changes. Like, who's going to handle the defense this year? And he's like, we're, we're giving it to Mike. And Draymond immediately was like, yes, because every time I talk to Mike Brown about defense, his head starts sweating. <laughs> And he's like, because he's like, because my, you know, Mike Brown is just obsessed with defense. And apparently like, they're just like really, you know, in film with some of these stats that I'll detail in the story, like they're really holding people accountable and allowing Draymond on the court at times with Jordan Poole or whoever to really get into guys. Like you could tell like one defensive mistake to the Warriors right now feels like it's in a playoff game. Like the way Draymond can just get on somebody for like, you know, they're winning by 14 in the second quarter and like Jordan Poole has a dumb foul. Like he'll get on him. To me, that has invigorated yeah, Draymond. Number 32, he, by the way. He'll, yeah, I mean, that's important yeah. too. And I just think that he feels like they're, they have actually a roster now that, that can maybe compete for a title. And once you give him those stakes, he's back in fully mentally. And I think the fact that he said, Basically, good job to ownership in the front that office, Marcus. Big. I thought that, that was is a big pretty thing. big. But and the difference to me is that all of this happened and he was ready. And we've seen Draymond not be ready. Like he comes into the season and he's working his way into it, but he came in ready, uh, even with his shooting. And he and he'll say like his you know his body feels better, right? But a lot of it has to do with the choices he made. I know a lot of it has to do with Hazel, his fiance, like <laughs> on him. But we've seen this is the difference between Draymond when he and we all saw we all we just don't see it until March, where it's like, oh, Draymond got in shape. Now he's now he's playing well and he's did it from the beginning. And the question is whether the significance of the change, of the lifestyle change, does it hold him up? And can it like elongate his career? Because he's banking, he's convinced it can, you know, elongate his career. And he's getting all of the positive reinforcement right now, right? All of this is like, yo, this does work. This is it, right? Yeah, there you go. The world. There you go. I saw him on Instagram, like, you know how, you know, Clutch Points or whoever, all these people will like take that quote from Steve Kerr and like turn it into a graphic. He's like reposting those graphics. <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my This God. is why, again, you know, he had to do it. But when there were critics and there were some good points, like, you know, what are the Warriors doing paying this guy and they should try to trade him or, you know, what what is going on here? And I think those of us who've seen him weren't sure that this was going to happen, but you had to know that this possibly was still in him. That this, because again, what we say, Draymond was incredible in the playoffs, Western Conference Finals in 2019. That, that, that wasn't that long ago that you can just lose it all. And he's not in his mid 30s. He's still in his early 30s. To Marcus's point, yeah, I don't know that he was just slacking off for a couple of years because you could still see the defensive sometimes. You could still see him stop somebody at the end of a game. Didn't he have like the run of games where like two, last year where like he ended the game with a defensive stop? Like two straight times, three straight times. Like that's still there. He's going to do want to not get beat on defense. He yeah. was third yeah. in defensive like, player of the year. Still was year. there. You know. It just was trying to figure out what's going to be there the next season, and the next season, and the next season. And, and he's he does have a body type that you're not sure is going to last that long. Well, 
this was still there. This Draymond was still there. It was up to him to summon it. Summon it. It was up to him to to show that it could lead to victories, which it is doing. But those things where you just can't. That's why you can't always just write off like this means. You know, this bad season means this next season, and it means even worse the next. You can't quite do that for the good place. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm in a Ford Niners mode, but this is one of the reasons why. You know, I took my shots at, at Kyle Shanahan, but like, there's something good in there, right? There's something that you can rediscover because I saw it. And it doesn't mean he's lost it. It means that it's still there. He's got to do it. And I do kind of feel the same way about Draymond. And Draymond's obviously done way more than Kyle Shanahan. But there's these elements there that you might lose for a little while. But, like, these guys still can recapture it. It's still there. But I will say this. This is the greatness of Steph Curry. He never had that. He never had that lull where you went, oh, man, God, is this guy a guy? Like, there, there were concerns maybe out from the outside. There were discussions that... He's not the player was, yeah, injuries, but that player, yeah, yeah, it's just who he that. is. That's right. why Kirk compares him to Tim Duncan. I think that is the incredibly appropriate different players, but that, like, you can count on Steph Curry level of commitment, a level of talent, level of everything, energy. Of being ready. Yeah, yeah, ready, yeah, yeah exactly. You don't, you, yeah, you don't go, you don't go to get in the season and go, man, Steph's got to work his way in. Like, that never happens. So that's, Full credit to Draymond for getting back to it. Full credit for what he's doing, what he's done for this team. But just put Steph, like, just take it to the cycle. Look what this, that that is, you know, that is the element of greatness right there. Like, this is somebody you never have to think about being ready to be great. Like, he is just constantly great. But there's not that many superstars that way either, right? Like, you know. I mean, even LeBron, like. He goes through his lulls. Now he's, you know, maybe the highest highs. LeBron, I'll, well, I'll I would, LeBron I would actually put LeBron yeah, in the I guess very so. yeah, but, he, but he does take months off. I, mean, I think Steph's been hurt, but LeBron takes those months off sometimes. But yeah, LeBron, yeah. Yeah, but LeBron's 37 at this point. And the fact, I mean, like LeBron. But, and he had a 20-year run where he was not a question at all, right? Yeah. He went to hey, the finals. Yeah. How many straight years did he go to the finals? But I'm just saying, Nine. like, Steph, He's in LeBron, that Durant. Durant. Yeah. Giannis is getting to that point right now, I think. But that's it. That, yeah, that's probably yeah. it. Giannis that, that is. Well, you could it. just write in. Not James Harden? <laughs> Not James Harden? No? no. Not James? Uh, Jordan Poole on that list. Ooh. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Okay, yeah, that was my, that was my next topic. This is going to sound like a diss to Wiggins. It's actually not. But when is Wiggins coming back? Do the Wiggins that we know. When is the si- when, 16 yeah, when, point, when is, couple when is 21 come, footers? Like, there, there are millions of Warriors fans who are doing their best to not fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Half of Minnesota <laughs> is, is like nervous right now. Like, hold on. This is a little longer than normal, right? <laughs> They're waiting to be like, hold on. We, just be patient. How many times have we heard this later? <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> How many more games until I'm, you're a believer? I'm kind of a believer question. right now. He'd have to do like... He that oh my see then, then you're not I'm done I'm that done right so no for real help me out what is this is this is a this is solid, who he is yeah this, yeah, this is, is a is solid who, yeah, stretch yeah. here I I know the letdown is coming but I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to be pessimistic about this going I'm back sorry. to last season by the way we got to add last season to this I really do believe that like this is not just this season for him this is last season where okay it it, it does go up and down still within this context but. I think you could say, like, he's going to be a good player. Every day he's going to, I mean, some games he's going to miss his shots. I, I think that's been the recent run is he's hit his shots. I mean, he's averaging 24 points since that Minnesota game on, like, 50-something percent shooting. That's the thing. 
He's not taking. He the, took one the last night. Shots. He took one last night. Yeah. It was like a, a step back early in the clock, and no, I was like, "Oh, it's like one again." Is that, is that it? Is that, did he just stop? He just did. But he did. Anymore. He did that when he was trying to be aggressive, and sometimes he can be over aggressive. But I like. I literally think during games they got to get Wiggins back in, right? I haven't thought. I don't know if anybody's thought that for most of his NBA. Like, oh my God, things are getting a little dicey. You got to get Wiggins back in. I always think that about Iguodala. Always like that's my standard. Like if you think he's out of the game, you notice when he's out of the game. Yeah, Iguodala is basketball's comfort food, right? When you when you just want to feel better, put Iguodala. Where in. is yeah. Iguodala getting back in? And I am beginning to again, not in the same way, but I'm beginning to think that about Wiggins. Like they, it just, it's amazing. Like it, it either settles them down or they play better defense. Whatever you want to think about it, they need him, especially with Clay out, right? I mean, when Clay comes back and can, if he can guard the most. You know, explosive offensive player on the other team. We don't know that about Clay. I don't think Clay knows that. But if he does come back, maybe they need Wiggins a little less. But right now, <laughs> they need that guy. And the other thing, he shows, he plays every game. He plays every game. Like, that's like when they play a game, Andrew Wiggins is playing it. Yeah, even the Detroit game where it's like you know, anyone who has a bump or a bruise sit out tonight. And Wiggins is like, no, That means something. Um, and they needed him and he came through he's attacking shot blockers he went you know right through like Kemp Birch at the rim last night he like knocked he over Scotty Barnes that, easily and, like, made he a layup. wasn't that has been a difference I think he feels much more confident shooting free throws the guys who don't like shooting free throws don't get physical because they don't want to go to the line even last year when he was good if he doesn't see the lane he doesn't go <laughs> like that's the way to get him now he's kind of like putting his head down and going first two games he had three games where he took 15 shots and then over like the last seven, his five times where he's taking at least fifteen shots. Like he's he is looking to cook dudes in a way that he just didn't. He likes it when those little guys get squished on. But he loves it. It's like he's some little guy squished on him. He goes right to the post, give him the ball. The reason this is significant is because at some point, Clay's gonna be in a lineup and he's probably gonna be defended by an even lesser defender <laughs> who, if he's feeling this way against Second best defender. What's he going to do against the third or fourth best defender? One thing that I think could could potentially matter if if this really continues for Wiggins is uh, you just got to remember his history in the league. He's in Minnesota, what six years or whatever it was, was only on one playoff team. I mean, usually they were like low lottery team, and and the one time he was in the playoffs with Jimmy Butler, they were the AC. Like that's not that good of a team. And then he gets to the Warriors, and sure, there's all this like, oh, championship culture, and he comes in, and it's a championship organization. He joined the worst team in basketball that year. They were 15 and 50. He had some nice moments, and, and sure, he was probably experienced a bit more of a winning culture, whatever exactly that means, but they weren't winning. And then last year, sure, he was he made, you know, he was an eight seed. That's the best he's ever been. Two eight seeds is the best he's ever been. I think right now, part of the reason he's playing so well is because he's like, whoa, this is like winning, winning in the NBA. This is like 15 and two, one seed type stuff. That changes people's approach. This new buddy for collect, this new buddy for Wiggins, huh? He this, is, <laughs> this is Kansas. Love. He got, he got a Tesla now. <laughs> yeah. This is certainly the first time in his career he can look around and go like, am I on a title contender? Can I be an Andrew Wiggins NBA champion right now? And I mean, maybe that, I don't know. He's certainly not, uh, you know, revealing any of this in interviews because he doesn't reveal anything in interviews, but I just, maybe that's part of it. And if he has a really great season, maybe part of it is just like a winning environment, not a winning culture, but the fact that you are actually winning motivated. I think that Steph and Draymond and Kerr are like, like they're there, like they're behind him. He has a one for nine, which we know it's going to happen. Uh, 
they're they're fine. Like you're good. Just just play hard. Just play defense. Rebound. Pass the ball. Don't throw up bad shots. Show up for every game. Like they're okay. Like that's good. That's good. yeah. Yeah. Take, take the, the vaccine. vaccine and he you know. did. And like this is like he hasn't had that. Uh, Minnesota wasn't that for him. I don't think Jimmy Butler was doing that. Probably. Uh, <laughs> How about Minnesota waking? Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't playing I mean, great. Going, going through that, that was a <laughs> jaw dropping game by him. It was like, did he just go baseline <laughs> yeah. again and hammer on Carlton? Hey, listen, y'all know I've been the big Wiggins critic. TK, you know I'm yeah, not yeah, the biggest yeah, fan. You ripped all, the tray. You ripped the tray. All I'm saying is, Wiggins is due for an extension next offseason. All I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's all, that's all I'm saying. Like, 42, 48, 56. <laughs> TK, are you with me? Are you with me on the Wiggins Might be wait. I might be waiting on that one a little bit. I might be searching Joe Lacob's coffers for more luxury tax money if he has it. We know what kind of GM Mark. Give them all contracts. Bobby Rowe, baby. Like Steven Jackson, you're great. Let's add two years to your three-year deal. Andrew, ever since you signed that extension, your energy level has really gone down. Why is that? The game after the Minnesota game where he was incredible, a friend of ours, Jay Adonde, who's a good friend of mine, texted me the sec- next game because he wasn't quite as good. Go- he's Wiggins is the most, I don't think he minds if I say this, he's the most frustrating player to watch. It's like Andrew Wiggins getting 18 after getting 36 is really good for Andrew Wiggins. Like, at least it wasn't six. They're fine with that. Like, explode once Isn't every that the three best weeks. barometer of how he's doing? Like, he doesn't frustrate you that much lately. No, right? like, no. It's like, <laughs> like, like, again, the shot is going to come and go. It's a shot is going right now, but it's going to go. Like, it's not going to be great every single game. He just does not have, he's not Steph Curry, he's not Clay Thompson. But, yeah, like, this is just, yeah, he's going to get frustrating watching that. But everything else about him, like, I don't know. I don't, I can't recall a game where I went, he's not in it defensively. He's just not in it. You know what else? And I think this goes along with like the fact that they're winning, but like he's hitting yeah. the buzzer beater yep. at the halftime to beat the the Nets, and then he's like fist pumping and like yeah, Yo, like right like at the TNT after sideline, the the, the, the cat yeah. duck, and he's like on the rim screaming at him like, "Yo, who is this dude?" He had like a power and one last night. He was like, "Yeah," and like looking at the bench, and I'm like. What is this? I mean, he's he's getting older too, you know, maturing, like, maturing, you know, maturing. Uh, also, by the way. Getting Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga and dumping salaries for D'Angelo Russell, we have to say it is it was, it's just an incredible. I mean, my, Bob Myers, executive <laughs> of the year. Oh retro, my god! Oh my retroactively, god. I mean, that that is just Bob Myers was the 2019-20. We didn't realize it at the time. Executive of the year. <laughs> yeah, let's go back in time. <laughs> I think one thing that we're learning is retroactively that was an extremely risky maneuver because they brought on a bomb of a contract right and 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 it could become a reward if they were able to get off that bomb before the value of of it exploded (laughs) if minnesota doesn't come to their doorstep (laughs) desperate for it like they could still be sitting here with a bomb like oh my yeah so i I, I believe it was extremely risky minnesota could be an exit strategy i believe he knew that you mean the fact that when d'angelo russell was on a helicopter uh, he was on a helicopter (laughs) with Minnesota? People rip me for saying that I think Myers knows these a lot of these things ahead of time. I think he knew that. Not, not that he could do this deal. Nah, we, here's what we know, TK. An option. We, we've covered this team for a long time. We know the Warriors always feel like they can hustle Minnesota. Straight to the heart. You know what? 
it was high risk, high reward, yeah, and they the got Angela a big Russell reward. Taking I mean, the not, o- not only that, risk, right? That was the high risk. Yes, yeah. yes. Adding that contract, and they got the big reward, and the big reward paid off even bigger when the top five protect, uh, protected pick doesn't get protected and falls at seven in a draft that we now know was absolutely loaded through the lottery. I mean, like even if that pick fell at like nine, well, Davion Mitchell was nine, and you know, does it fall later in the lottery? Like, there's there's good, good players everywhere from this draft, so. Yeah, and I mean to be honest, it lost Gerson. It's one of the reasons that lost Gerson Rose's Rosas. I was wondering, was there anybody else bidding for D'Angelo Russell at that point? I mean, was there like? But hey, I, no, I, I, yeah. I think yeah. his value Minnesota. was higher than Wiggins. At oh, the besides time, me, like, but they Wiggins had a pick. Wiggins had the pick. Yeah, that's like you and I think Marcus and I both thought you could have gotten more than the pick. But what I maybe I didn't count dumping those contracts enough. What was it, Spellman and Evans? Like that was that got them that got them under the tax. Not only they did this, they did it, and they got under the tax with it. If I'm being honest, and I would I would loop us three into this, and I'd loop a lot of the the national discourse into this. Um, I think Wiggins was kind of underrated as as just a wing because he'd become Andrew Wiggins the contract, which is an overpay, not like Andrew Wiggins the player. Yeah, his problem isn't that he's bad. The problem is you think he's better. Yeah, I don't think he played defense like this though in Minnesota. I don't think he did. No, no, he didn't. But but it was like physically capable. When do you ever get a context where you could just throw a player's salary out though? Like it's it's tough to view. Like that's what we did with the words. Like throw his salary out the window. It doesn't matter. That money spent. They're they're way over the cap. We know why they did it. And let's just evaluate Wiggins for that. You just don't really get an opportunity to do that. Either we we miscalculated what Wiggins could be, or the other thing is we clearly kind of miscalculated how bad that Russell contract was about to become. It was already becoming, to be honest. Well, it's always bad if you get stuck on it. That's when it's bad. And they, they, like I said, bomb, they didn't get, get stuck on it. Uh, they, I think they properly assessed that Russell had value. And he did have value. Now, we all hated his fit right from the beginning. I don't think any of us thought that he was going to fit with the Warriors, and he clearly did not. But they assessed that they could move it if they if they signed him to it. And maybe they were close to being wrong, but they were able to move it, and they got Jonathan Kaminga. I don't know. I feel like that deal was movable. I always thought it was movable. It's not with as big D'Angelo, as Wiggins. I mean, you know, theoretically. Point guard. It's just got, point guard. shoot. Yeah, point guard. He was younger than Wiggins. There's all those things. But... They did it. They flipped it. They got something. They, they turned losing Kevin Durant into Andrew Wiggins and John Kaminga. And then they got Andre back, right? They, that, I always counted that as part of the trade, right? You, you take the money. You had to get rid of Andre. Well, they didn't have Andre for two seasons. But you know what? For two seasons, he kind of was. He was, a, he was a shadow warrior for those two seasons. Well, they not only got Andre back, I feel like the maneuver that they pulled off led to him getting his final payday in Miami to the point that he was like, yeah, I'll come take a minute. He got an extra year out of that, right? He got an extra year. It's like 16 million. So he got 32 leaving the Warriors because it was the end of his contract with the Warriors and then one more from Miami. So they got all, they, they went through their two year purgatory. They didn't plan it that way, but they come out. Okay. When you end up with the one costly thing of that maneuver was losing it with all, and you get him back and he's playing better for you. Than he ever played for Miami. There's no. He's like he, I watched him on Miami. He didn't play like this. Now he's got the knee issue. Maybe you know we'll, we'll see when he's back and what he's like. But he didn't play like this with the Heat. I was watching those playoff games. He was not like this. I think we learned like you know, Iguodala fits the system, but the system you know is like really good for him too. This at this stage of his career is probably the only place he could you know be this even nearly this productive. And to the point, I think we all believe like. 
Iguodala's career is ending here. You know, it's he's either coming back next year or he's retiring. Really, I, mean, I would like, agree. At this, point. I would agree with that. But that's it. You know, it's good for him. Good Steph for him. Curry heals knees yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> touch, touch his knee, and you can jump again. You can jump again. Yeah, uh, yeah this, this, this is, it's all working again. They're going to go through bumps. This is not how it's going to be all season. It's not going to be a duplication of a seventy-three win team. But man, it is. It is a lot to take in, and it's. All going like other than the Wiseman thing, which we've met, we've talked about. It's all going right, and they got Clay Thompson coming back, and this is just the Joe Lake of two times. Like this is the Joe Lake of Nirvana. Oh I mean, I mean, no, it is. Joe! Like, this is, like I don't think he knew it was going to work out like this, but how can you? How else can you describe it other than they're hitting it? Are we in a Joe Lake of <laughs> Fever dream right now? Are we <laughs> actually living, no, or is this? Uh, a Joe Lake of fever? I think there might be more concerts at, at, at Chase Center if uh, if we were in a in a dream, but. It's working out amazingly. It, it is ridiculous. And he's going to get that local TV deal coming up pretty soon, by the way. I, I, I should check in on that. Like, it's it's not up, but, like, it, it goes through a renego- renegotiation pretty soon. Like, this, it might have happened already. I should have checked on that. But, like, this is all, this is all gold. It's all gold. And they made the bet on it. They got made fun of for it. They took, went through two non-good years. And if, if you go through two not good years, you better have an idea that you can come out of it in the third. And they are out of it in the third. They are here in the third year. Marcus, you want to take us out? Joel Embiid is probably not going to play Wednesday. Uh, he's still out longer because of COVID. He didn't play last night. So the Warriors got Philly on Wednesday. Then they get Portland on Friday. So they could end this week at 17-2, and two, which sounded crazy when we mapped this out before. Heading into the the two row games, two tough row games at Clippers and at Phoenix, we gotta need another week of. <laughs> it should be it should be another week. We will be previewing the Suns back to back, you yeah. know, home yeah, and that's home big. next that week. That is big. That is big. And they could they could literally like it's very possible for them to be eighteen and two heading into the Suns back to back. Like that's yeah, I think the Clippers Sunday afternoon. Game yes, that's, a that's a tough game. That's a tough game. Clippers have sure. the second best defense in basketball behind the Warriors. So, but you know, I, I want to see them tested really by that. No question. Know, really, the next five. I mean, the Sixers game is like Sixers are good. Even Sixers are good without him. Yeah. Portland, you know, they're playing better lately. Pretty much only win at home games, but you know, you don't come for that one, you could lose. But yeah, really, Clippers Suns Suns is what I'm looking forward to. Lillard might take out his Raiders frustration on the Warriors, though. So, you see that tweet from, from Lillard. <laughs> you know he's got a fifty cup, a fifty coming anyway somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine the Warriors don't want that to happen to Chase. All right, we are we are gone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>